Nigga, I'm tired. I'm tired of shit. I'm, I, well, I got some coffee. Yeah. So, nah, I'm coffee ain't. <laughs> I need a little more time for my coffee to kick in. Yeah. But that's what I was saying. Like, daylight, is it called daylight savings no matter what? For the winter and the spring one? Is it called the same thing? Because this ain't saving. Yeah, we this losing. is daylight losings. Yeah, we losing some shit. <laughs> we I saving the winter. States, there's certain states that don't even like practice it. They don't change shit. Yeah, I know in DR they don't. That's like, <laughs> like that's like weird that you guys do that. And I said, yeah, probably a little bit. I want to know who started that shit. Yeah, motherfuckers. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the BZ Podcast. Rick Zay, as always, I hope you guys are, I hope everyone, not you guys, can't be too specific. I hope oh, everyone is well rested. We lost an hour. Uh, I hope this podcast finds you at a great part in your life. Hope you're doing good. You're feeling every energized. Week, every, yeah, every week, all of a sudden, their life is amazing, Zay. All right, Debbie Downer. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe some of us got some life changing news. That would be awesome, right? Yeah. Hopefully, one day we can come on here like. <laughs> Our life changing news is really relying upon y'all listening to this podcast. By the way, <laughs> damn. <laughs> so there's a well, lot the of the people that listen. We're good. We just we're just looking for more listeners. Right? That's it. That's all. We love y'all. We love every listen we get. Oh, so know. share it with a friend. Yeah, share it, like it, subscribe, all that stuff people like us <laughs> tell y'all to do. It really does help us out a lot. But everybody who does continue to listen, we can't we can't express how much we appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been an eventful week. Yeah. Uh, a lot's out. been going on. <laughs> a lot of anxiety this whole week building up to this very moment yeah yeah i'm happy i'm happy our recording schedule allows us a week to get all our thoughts together mm-hmm. and we're not just trying to react to everything that comes out oh, into God, the news no. the no. very We'd next have day trash ass episodes we would get in a lot of trouble yeah because then we would have said a lot of stuff we yeah said. oh hell yeah hell yeah especially because yeah, our text chat we be yeah um, especially with this past week, um, if you guys, you guys have to have heard by now, this Michael Jackson documentary, Leaving Neverland, dropped on, what is it, Sunday and Monday? Sunday. This past Sunday and Monday. Last Sunday, yeah, Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. Sunday and Monday, and, um, everybody's been reacting to it. And... <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah, but we, not many people have actually watched it though there's been a lot yeah, of reactions a lot of reactions not a lot of watching not a lot of watching correct all right so we're going to start this podcast off we're not going to jump directly into it but we're just going to talk about mj right and our introduction to mj mj people you know we try to say celebrity isn't everything or music shouldn't dictate our response to everything but you know music plays a very big part in how it kind of chronicles our lives right mm-hmm. so mj is a big fixture in everybody's life i mean he was he was beyond human to a lot of people yeah so <laughs> that did help that he didn't look human too yeah very true in this entity right <laughs> 
So my first introduction to Michael Jackson, I was introduced by my cousin Jason. Shout out to my cousin Jason. Put me on a lot of stuff. But uh, he showed me the Thriller video when I was very young. The mm-hmm. making of the Thriller video. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I just lost my mind. Lost my mind. <laughs> you love it. Like, he seemed otherworldly. You know what I'm saying? So I remember VH1 would have like the, the Michael Jackson marathon. Mm-hmm. You watch that shit all day during the summer. You've seen every video. You're trying to do the dance moves. They used to have the uh the pop up videos where the little facts <laughs> would come up and shit. Pop up videos, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, you you carry this. You kind of grew up listening to Michael Jackson, and then you you explore his catalog, and you carry this all the way into your adulthood. And I remember when I first met you in college, you were putting me up on Jackson Five music I never heard. Uh, we was doing the dances and shit in the dorm room, geeking. <laughs> so Michael Jackson's just a big fixture. <laughs> the Jackson Five dance moves. <laughs> Let's clarify that our dumbass is in a line, smooth stepping and smooth shit. Step. No, 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 <laughs> Never no, can't no. say goodbye. <laughs> yes. Right. I remember we hit that shit with no practice. We was no like, practice. Ah, friends for life. It's probably like three days, three days of knowing each other, no practice at all. <laughs> he was already in step. So yeah, I mean, uh-huh. you had me at. Ooh. <laughs> um, what what was your uh initial introduction to Mike? Can yeah, my earliest it? yeah my earliest memory had to have been uh living when I still lived in Iowa, so I was probably like six, I guess. Mm. And I remember they were always showing the thriller making, and I was or just thriller the video, the whole thing making whatever, all that. I love watching the making because I've always been interested in like special effects makeup. Um. But I was fucking terrified of the beginning part. I remember yeah. sitting there <laughs> looking through my, the cracks of my fingers. Like, I just couldn't get over it. I don't know. I was so terrified of that. But I also, like, my earliest memory pretty much is watching uh, the Dangerous Bucharest tour. Like, the Dangerous tour when he was in Bucharest, they aired it on HBO. Mm. And I remember being in the living room, like, getting it with my dad. Like, <laughs> that's my earliest memory was, like, watching him with that fucking gold thong on. Mm-hmm. That gold <laughs> guitar <laughs> one piece. <laughs> thong piece. I don't know what the hell to call that joint. But I was just like, what is going on? Like, who is this guy? He doesn't look human. Like, <laughs> and, and and then he was getting it. like, And then people's responses. Like, I remember being young and seeing people faint and shit. And I just couldn't comprehend oh, yeah. that. Like, just like mm-hmm. that added to the aura of mm-hmm. everything that is MJ. Like, right, people right. just lose their mind. Right. I was seeing them lifeless bodies being pulled out of the, pulled out of the, <laughs> uh, the crowd and shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, my dad was a huge fan uh, of Michael. Um, my stepdad was a huge fan of Michael. I'm talking about. I mean, both of both of my all my family, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, all my my aunt, everyone was like huge fans of Michael. So it's like no matter where I went in my family, you know what I'm saying? Like there was some connection to Michael, or any time Michael was in, like had like you said videos coming out. Like remember the time and all that. Like everybody always made such a big deal about it. Yeah. Around me, so I was always seeing you know stuff and um. I remember my stepdad always be dancing. We'd be practicing the moves. That little, that was that little um, moonwalk in the circle joint. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. So always practicing that shit. And like when I was a kid, like I swear I was going to be a choreographer when I grew up. <laughs> like, yo, me and my friend Jeanette, oh my God, like a million dances we made up. Shout out Jeanette. Sisters. Shout out Jeanette. Yes. Nanette. 
um, her sisters, my sister, like we were always creating dances, always referring to Michael Jackson. So that was always the thing. And then too, like, not to get all super savvy on you guys, but a lot of time, like once my parent, my, my mom and my real dad been broken up once my mom broke up with my stepdad, like I was just alone a lot with my siblings. Cause my mom was always working two, three jobs. Um, I was taking care of my siblings. So there's like a lot of alone time for me. And I filled pretty much that void up with Michael Jackson, just with music, but primarily Michael always just like watching him. It was kind of like, in print in quotations like a babysitter like <laughs> so much of my time was spent watching him uh watching like the oprah interview that he did back in the day with her that was like back in like 93 i think um we had that like one vhs so i wore all the vhs tapes out i remember the dangerous tour we had recorded the fucking tape broke <laughs> like i watched it so much it broke like it was like one of the worst days of my life and back then i'm thinking like oh my god i'm never gonna see it again let alone you know yeah. nowadays we YouTube. have youtube yeah <laughs> which is crazy but back then i remember just being in a panic and like you said you know all the shit that would come on vh1 all that type of stuff so um michael's just been like something i would always go to to just keep myself distracted and find like i guess my happy place um so yeah like when we met in college <laughs> we connected through music and then all you guys learned about my michael obsession and then you know such like you you were already on it too so we could like geek about that yeah our other friend diana she was a huge friend too so i think we all connected with that and then i swear you i, I don't know what the hell's wrong with us we had jackson five american dream playing for like weeks just playing over and over and over it's like we would just sometimes watch it it's just like background noise i don't know why we had that shit playing 24 yeah. 7 but um yeah so that's kind of our stances on our relationship yeah and i think our kinda, fandom it kind of <laughs> highlights it kind of highlights how uh you know what i mean we connected through michael jackson you know what I'm saying? Like, we connected, like, these highlights specific times in our lives. So that's, like, it's important. It is important because this chronicles relationships. This follows people around. You know, it's something. It's a conversation starter, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. Go all good. All good. Um, so do you remember being young? Like, what was the first time you heard of? the allegations do you remember allegations. any honestly like i literally cannot even remember like uh -huh. cause i think at the same time when the allegations were out a lot of like his music was out too mm -hmm. so i think i was and i didn't have cable too growing up forever so like i said a lot of stuff i was watching was stuff that was recorded on vhs meaning like my stepdad had recorded so I really don't remember like when the shit happened with Jordy Chandler that said that said that was in 93. Uh, I mean, we were young. Uh, yeah, like, we were I, six, seven yeah. when that happened. Yeah, because I was right when he was about to do the Dangerous tour, like the actual like world tour. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were, yeah, we were six, seven years old. I don't remember that, honestly. And then with the more recent one in 2005, so we were about to graduate from college. I remember not really giving that much attention. But I remember when mm -hmm. um, he got off, my mom like was calling me. I remember I was, <laughs> I was literally going to a concert. I was sitting there eating before the concert. My mom's calling me like, Michael's not guilty. Oh my God. And I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I remember not, just being like kind of whatever about it. I think I just didn't pay it much mind. Still young. Not really paying attention yeah. to the. I think too, because like 
uh, R. Kelly had got off like a year or two before. So I think when mm. the Michael one rolled around, I just really didn't even pay it no mind because I was just like, eh, it's probably some bullshit. Yeah. Because the uh, whole thing with R. Kelly had happened and I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I think uh, we were just, we were kind of too young to comprehend how serious the allegations yeah, were. Yeah, so I'm looking at the adults like side eye because yeah, exactly. y'all was real present with all this shit going on. And then that's why I was like, you know, like uh, we said this before on the podcast, like the R. Kelly situation, we were super young. And you're kind of looking at adults mm-hmm. for social cues of whether this is legitimate or not. And when you're not getting them, it's kind of like, oh, how much how much validation does that have if the adults around me aren't reacting right, right. in a certain type mm-hmm. of way? Um, it wasn't until I got older that I started leaning, like just getting more information. I mean, I started mm-hmm. leaning more towards... Eh, there, there's something there. there. There's something there. And only because, only because, like, it's not hard to not get accused of mm-hmm. it. Now, I know fame and fortune and people coming for your money and trying to make a name, trying to uh, get clout and all that. I know that existed. But even mm-hmm. after the allegations, the first initial allegations happened. He's mm-hmm. still in interviews talking about how normal it is or just to have strangers' kids in your bed. Well, that's the thing. He did that Martin Bashir interview, and that happened right before we got out of college. I remember uh-huh. that. And that led into the actual whole thing that happened in 2005 with the boy Gavin um, Arbizo. I think that's his name. Uh-huh. Um, because he was on there and I remember like the dude Martin Bashir was kind of like, you know, kind of digging in Mike's ass and Michael was just giving these very weird responses. Just like, well, no, it's not weird. And he's like, nigga, you're not helping your situation at all. And then, um, after that was when the allegations started to come out that he did something to Gavin. So (laughs) I saw something. This one woman was like, yeah. And they they were talking about this time, this one has cancer. (laughs) What? (laughs) Gavin Arizo was a cancer survivor, a kid cancer survivor. So that's how Michael ended up like getting connected with their family. And um, the dad, though, he would start asking all the celebrities around him for money. Like George Lopez and Chris Tucker have gone on record saying that dad was asking for money, asking for a lot of money, and they had to like cut them off Mm. after a while. They're just like, hey, you know, is this for your kid or? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to kind of stick me up. Uh-huh. And then it's been on record, too, that mom, his mom had uh, did numerous counts of fraud, welfare fraud, uh, tried to sue J.C. Penney, saying that the security guards attacked her, had her sons, like, testify and all this shit. So they have a track record of being a little shady. Okay. But, like you said, though, at the same time, <laughs> Michael does not help himself. He, he doesn't, and you would at think all the, with his behaviors. Yeah, and you would think after like the the case that happened in ninety. Yeah, you just wouldn't three, even. You wouldn't mm-hmm. move. You would move a certain way. Like, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't move a certain way, but he was still out here holding kids' hands and shit. Like, Saying he sleeps in the same bed with yeah, them. Yeah, and like normalizing like, that. Mm-hmm. So like uh, this docu series, or is it a series? Would it just be a documentary? Um, I guess it's just a documentary. Uh, the initial phases, we were texting each other back and forth as <laughs> we were watching it. And mm-hmm. thank God you guys weren't privy to that conversation because, <laughs> <laughs> because we were geeking in the beginning. And you kind of go into it as being big fans. You go into it with your, with your eyebrow up. 
Like you mm-hmm. side eyeing the shit out of it, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you take into account the people that are telling their stories, or at least one of them, the guy Wade. And um, I'm gonna admit some. I'm gonna admit that there's something. I have a prejudice. I have I have some unchecked prejudice because there's mm-hmm. something about the victim being a white male mm-hmm. that. I don't know what it is. It just made me yeah, not take really it as serious. It was hard for me to in really... In the beginning, we had to check ourselves. We were talking all shit, and I said, wait, I think it's because this is two white men that yeah. were being all ha-ha-ha-ha about it, so let's yeah. drop that, you know, yeah, let's, let's let, to, let that go. Try to look um, at it through through fresh goggles, you know, because... Yeah, you know, take it a little more serious. <laughs> we're watching, you know, a couple weeks back, we were watching the, the R. Kelly one, and, and there was no skepticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was none of that. It was almost like, but I also think that documentary did a good job of getting testimony from. Yeah, I was gonna say parties. there were way more. Yeah, yeah there were way more parties. accounts uh, from different individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like even watching this one, at first, I, I think the biggest concern watching part one mm-hmm. was that everybody was just talking about him so nicely. Yeah. And it didn't come out till later because they explained the time timeline more so in the second half. But in the beginning, you know, everybody's talking. So even the parents are talking so lovingly of Michael. Moms are smiling and shit. And I'm like, if he fucked your little boy, like, why the fuck you smiling? Like, I'm confused. Yeah. It's fuck that nigga. You know, but Thanks. as you read, as you not read, but as you watch the second half, you kind of see the timeline more so. So in the relationships that the boys have with their moms. So you kind of understand a little more because they're not close with their moms. Neither one of the accusers Mm. are close with their mothers in present day. So it makes a little more sense. But in the beginning, I was like very confused. Like, why are they not so upset about it all? Especially when Wade talking about he had a grown man penis in his mouth. Like, dog, (laughs) what are are we doing? That's a lot. I think, uh, well, one thing I want to say is jump back at how how we first initially were reacting to the docu the uh, the documentary. Um, there is something about male victims that kind of get trivialized sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like sometimes it's almost because even during the first half of the documentary, you know, you're kind of looking at them and people are kind of laughing about it, not laughing, mm-hmm. but just talking very uh. <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. I don't know what the word is. If y'all watched it, you probably understand what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> but I, I do think in the second Sorry, half... I'm just laughing about what my sister said again. Yeah, yeah, she was wilding. She was my wilding. sister, she'll be dead. Not my... Not, all right, I have two sisters. Not my youngest sister. The other one, if you guys know me <laughs> personally. Um, she texted me because we was like, we was geeking about it. Because at first, the one boy said, Michael Taylor felt like a Brillo pad. <laughs> I was like, his hair's not red. He got a texture ass. <laughs> I was like, right, but I don't know white people know the difference. So then um, she said maybe he was disturbed because he could feel the hair was fake. (laughs) (laughs) So then at one point, my sister, so in the docu, uh, Wade and the other guy, James, were saying that Michael liked them to spread their cheeks. And so he could look at their little kid assholes, basically. Like, it's hard (laughs) to even say this. It is hard, but you see how we're laughing? Like that's yeah. That's we shouldn't crazy. be laughing. We shouldn't but be like, laughing. We shouldn't be laughing. But fuck. 
I know. Need to. I need to slap inside of him. Anyway, my sister's like, so he looked at your butthole to masturbate and stuck his tongue in your butt. Okay, right. <laughs> like yo, <laughs> like yo. Why is that so far fetched? That's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a lie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. Like it does get trivialized. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Uh, so you watch the first two halves and they do a good job. You know what I mean? They had the strings playing at the right time. You the know what I mean? Like, awesome. You know, they set the, they set the mood right. They did a, it, it's a good documentary. Well, can I say real quick, kind of like the timeline Go ahead, go ahead. to clear up some things because, well, from what they're saying, you know, not to say to clear it up, but from what they're saying on their, from their defense, pretty much, they loved Michael, like all of us. They wanted to be his everything. So they had no problem lying for him because they didn't feel like they were being abused. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like they wanted the attention from Michael. And anytime Michael was giving it to somebody else, they felt the type of way. That's how they were explaining it. And that's what their defense is for not um, saying anything bad about him before. Because, I mean, I'm jumping around a little bit, but pretty much from like the whole Oprah thing. Cause we watched that as well, just so we can get all the info. Mm-hmm. You know, if every time somebody's getting abused, it's not always like forced or painful. You know, a lot of times the abuse is very sneaky and underhanded. You make the, you make the, um, the person feel like they're part of it. Yeah. We all so, know, you know, we all know what grooming is like, you know, well, yeah, but I still feel like this was a very good way to really explain it though. Yeah. Because anytime we're thinking, you know, child was sexually abused it sounds like they're being pinned down and you know what i'm saying like really hurt yeah and there's no participation from the victim mm-hmm. so that's what they're saying like a, a person that really knows what they're doing will get the victim to fully participate and um feel like they're a part of it so like you know your little kid mine i'm sure you can kind of remember when you're a kid you think that you're like yeah yeah i'm i'm grown or mm-hmm. you try to make sense of a lot of things but as adults we see children we're like no, you're a fucking child but as you're a child you know you're always thinking like hey no little kid yeah, yeah. so i guess you are so um that was kind of why they stayed hushed because they still loved michael and they still wanted to protect him so the one dude james safe chuck i think he told his mom about it when he was like a teenager is that what he said i think so yeah so mom didn't find out till he was like a teenager and he begged her not to say anything Mm -hmm. and then he was kind of upset with her that you know he was even in the position for this to happen um but then he goes to say later that he didn't realize he was abused till wade came out in 2013 yeah, I mean, so that's I, I'm a little confused about that. But anyway, backtrack. So then Wade didn't tell anyone until pretty much around 2013. So from what he's saying, mm-hmm. he's saying that he's been keeping this shit until up a few years ago. So he just now like told his family about this, and then like pretty much everybody's pissed off at his mom. They've all cut her off pretty much. Cause I was wondering why like she was still just being so ha 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 about everything. That's like oh your family don't fuck with you, and you're a little messed up in the head. Like she wouldn't watch the documentary. Well, she watched it, but she wouldn't watch the parts where he described what happened yeah. to him. But um. Yeah, I'm a little confused about the James Save Chuck. I can't really find shit about that nigga. All the stuff online is about Wade. Wade, 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 because of course he's more popular and stuff, but I don't really see a lot of bashing against the other guy, but I think let's I think, continue. I think part of that, um what? part of part of the reason why you're not finding much is Wade's been on record. He's been on record denying it. And 
he's more of a public figure. Yeah, you know, like right. you were saying. But he's also been on record saying, nope, he testified under court. Mm-hmm. And the dude, Safe Chuck, from what my understanding is, he wanted no parts of the, the, the first, like, even going in and testifying yeah, to defend Yeah, I don't remember him. if he ever even did for the first Yeah, one. I don't think he did. I think he okay. tried not to. All right, that makes sense. But still, at this point, I'm just looking for the MJ fanatics. Yeah. Like, I don't really see, because I've been, like, all week and especially leading up to like the past few nights i've been like kind of borderline obsessing <laughs> looking up stuff yeah um to you know agree with the argument to counter just going back for watching different videos and docus and stuff and i'm not seeing much about anyone saying anything about james safe chuck like as far as bashing him or anything which is just surprising because it's like wait he's not the only one like but then too i mean a lot of people haven't watched it yeah, yeah but I'm true. just wondering why people aren't really like starting to come for him too, because he's he's saying shit too. Yeah, but all right, so um, let's let's yeah. go on. So we watch four hours of this of the documentary, and mm-hmm. it ends off with the Oprah interview, mm-hmm. and the Oprah interview is done and with a studio audience full of uh, past victims of of child molestation. I don't know if that one was because she said she previously she said she's done over 200 episodes about child abuse because that's something she went through. Okay. And she said previously she did an episode where it's full of male victims. And then I think the current one was just some of them. Okay. I didn't catch that at first, but I ended up having I had to try to watch the thing like three times, three times. I kept falling asleep. So when I rewound one time, I said, oh, okay. Okay. So there was just some of the people from that previous one but a bunch of male victims. So it's a studio audience and they're talking about the, the docuseries and they're getting a little more, you're getting their responses in real time. I will, I do want to point something out though. With Wade, it was presented as if he was further along in his therapy mm-hmm. with this stuff. And mm-hmm. to do safe Chuck, you, you almost can, like you were saying, you were watching just his his mannerisms on mute. Mm-hmm. He looked like he's battling with something. Yeah, he that's it. But it's hard. Like, like initially, initially, yeah. we were like, "Shit!" You know, yeah. you can tell this guy's messed up. But that was me watching it. You know, wrapped up in the emotion, and everything. But as I've been looking at shit over the week, and sometimes it's on mute. It's just kind of like he's holding that same stance. Yeah. So it's hard to know what's genuine, what's not. But too, because at first I was like, yeah, he's probably further along or whatever. But if they both filed, Wade and James both filed against Michael Jackson's estate in 2013, mm-hmm. trying to sue for the abuse or whatever. Because Wade came out on TV in 2013 and got interviewed by some sort of like morning show. And he was saying, you know, whatever happened to him, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So then James Safechuck saw that interview on TV and then got in contact with Wade and used Wade's same exact lawyer and filed two. Yeah. And Wade's case was thrown out in 2015 and then James's was thrown out in 2017. So the way that it seems on the docu is that like James kind of just found out about this shit like two years ago or something. Like that's kind of how I initially felt, you know, like it's just like shit like you just now kind of like coming to terms with this you know and opening up to your family about this but 
if you've been up to 2013, that's six years. Not to say that, you know, there's any time limit on whatever, you know, because I think, um, well, no, not I think Wade said that he was getting therapy and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And James, I don't believe he's done any of that. And this is more so like his first time being on TV, talking about it live and having to deal with the scrutiny, you know, just putting himself out there. So he definitely looked very timid yeah. and afraid. So, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, he's lying you because know, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to say this. We're not coming to any type of conclusion on this thing. We're kind of just discussing this in real time. There's just no way you can come to it a definitive answer on these things. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that kind of le- not made it legitimate, but was just like, mm-hmm. hmm is when they were discussing having children of their own. And as mm-hmm. their children were approaching the ages, they, they claimed that they were getting abused. Right. I can see how much that can fuck with somebody's right, brain, right, right. you know? And I think yeah. that they did a good job in portraying that. Mm-hmm. And this is all if it's true, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not judge. We're not judge or jury. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, I can see how you can have nervous breakdowns when you're mm-hmm. looking at the innocence of a child and understanding that you were that age when this allegedly happened. Right. Um, but so you, you're watching four hours of a two part documentary. And I think midweek, because we, we got time to process some of this. I'm just thinking about what, what I've seen. I'm still processing. And it dawned on me that this Oprah interview, the way it was being framed, Mm-hmm. was a little alarming because if you look at the doc- documentary you know Mike isn't here to defend himself mm-hmm. we've said that before but realistically all you're hearing is stories mm-hmm. these are stories you have video evidence of them being with Mike them holding Mike's hand all the weird stuff that we knew was weird from the jump but even in real time you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying even in real time abuse and sexual misconduct and all that stuff it's hard to mm-hmm. to to substantiate that it's hard to yeah. have evidence for that unless you're caught red-handed unless there's marks unless right. this that and the third also the director um he brought up the point because i mean oprah was asking questions that people would be asking though you know yeah, what i mean yeah. of them like why are you coming out with this now aren't you afraid of this that so it's like she wasn't completely you know vouching the the whole thing with the oprah thing was more so just about the grooming aspect and just talking about child abuse in general okay. but like you said you know they were speaking on the michael thing as if it were fact she yeah, was at least because yeah. she could have at least been the person who kept you know kept it with the allegedly and stuff yeah. you know because that's her job but she asked the director you know a lot of people are asking why didn't you interview um anyone else pretty much you know no. besides them and the families and i was like yeah right and then <laughs> yeah. and then he said pretty much because nobody else was in the room so and that's just I said, true. yeah that's true that's true nobody nobody else is in the room but you i know. know but can i say something funny real quick <laughs> yeah go ahead so I want to touch on it a minute about the reactions I've been seeing from people. But one that's been cracking me up is every now and then I can see people like, yeah, yeah, the three little boys up on stage talking about they got raped. 
yeah, them three, them three guys up on stage. So I was like, it's that's the two men and the director. The director didn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> you and didn't even watch just, it. You didn't yeah, like you didn't even, even you didn't even read an article, watch nothing. Like I was cracking up. I said these people were literally just talking out their ass. Like yeah, yeah them three, them three motherfuckers on stage talking about Michael touched them. I'm yeah. like he's not an accuser. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but um. But yeah, the watching the Oprah thing just definitely like, especially watch that right after like. It's almost um, like the nail in the coffin. It is. And let me let me just get this out. Uh. Oprah's been doing this for a very long time. And I'm not saying that this didn't happen, but I mean, even in a court of law, you have to prove things beyond a reasonable doubt. When you have a major news or anybody major, when they talk about cases, when they talk about things that aren't evidence-based, they are very choosy in using the word alleged. They're very careful with their words. Mm-hmm. And you're being asked to feel that this is legitimate, mm-hmm. literally based off of stories and literally based off emotion. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson was investigated by the FBI for almost 10 years. So you're asking me to say that this is fact after the Federal Bureau of Investigation couldn't find anything but mm-hmm. Oprah's cosigns mm-hmm. is supposed to just validate this. Right. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. I am admitting that these cases are very tricky and trying to prove. Right. But it's almost like he's guilty in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. before he was guilty in actual court of law. Right. So I just think it's interesting. I think but that's yeah, very but odd. with all that being said, like, so once you were done watching Oprah, like, how did you feel initially? I think I felt like a majority of people. You felt because I, I majority under- of who barely anybody watched it. Yeah, true. That's nothing. You mean to majority point of out. people who watched it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's nothing <laughs> to point out. This this isn't doing well by numbers standpoint standpoints. Nah. Like it, you would think this would get a lot more traction. But I think I felt, I felt that there is some legitimate, legitimate stuff. There, mm-hmm. There's questions that were raised. Mm-hmm. I always felt that there's always been that situation has always been a little weird. Yeah. But I feel like you're reacting emotionally. Because mm-hmm. I can understand the grooming aspect. I can understand what it's right, like. Right, right, right. You always yeah. want, especially with something like this. Yeah, you know, I can, you don't I wanna... can understand that. Mm-hmm. I can but remember, understand. they said too, the two um, accusers said that if Michael was alive, they wouldn't be doing this. They both admitted to that. I believe they both. Sure. I know Safe Chuck definitely did. They were just like, Oprah said, if Michael's alive right now, would y'all be doing They were like, nah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I also think that on an emotional level, you usually, you tend to identify with victims and I can understand what it's like to hold something in Mm -hmm. for a very long time and have that very thing just tear you up, screw up your relationships. Like I think, I think a majority of people can identify with that somehow, some shape Mm -hmm. or form, maybe not to that magnitude, Mm -hmm. but these are all things that force you to jump to conclusions. 
to say, right. yes, this happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I'll say I definitely felt a little traumatized after watching it. Yeah. Like, I, like the same way I kind of felt after watching the R. Kelly thing, like I just felt somewhat guilty that all this stuff was going on and we just had no idea. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, oh my God, he has like w- women in captive right now, captivity right now. Yeah. You know, I just felt bad. Um, so the same thing with that, like I felt so bad for the accusers. I'm just like, damn, like this is terrible. Like whole time, you know, you guys been living this tortured life off of somebody that we're just like have up on this huge pedestal. Um, so I felt pretty like messed up. Like I couldn't sleep right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I had a little mini panic attack. Um, I was crying at one point for like an hour because I was just like I felt so betrayed and I'm just like you know what the hell like if this stuff is true like this is just my initial feeling is because I just felt like terrible anytime I'm very sensitive I can't like watch murder stories I can't watch oh, anything I can. I love oh it. no I can't watch anything like that or people like getting abused and stuff like stuff really messes with me so even like if I read articles like about people like when they like hurt their children and stuff like mm-hmm. I'd be a little fucked up like the rest of the day um oh my god did you see yesterday Whatever. What's his name? YBN. Yeah, he got his boy. ass. He got his ass. Oh my by some god, his New face. Did you see his face? I think I saw it like briefly. Briefly, his yeah. Face he got is rocked. Sliced the fuck up. Yeah, man. It's bad. Crazy. New York, New York. I think that's New York niggas too. New York niggas be wild. I'm saying. Like they took a razor to his face. Like it's bad. His shit was leaking, like gaping. I was like, oh my god. Um. Anyway, so, (laughs) but, but yeah, so then like, so that's like, I'm saying that's my initial feelings. Mm -hmm. So then, um, you know, as the week went on, I'm reading reactions and pretty much nobody watched. Everybody's just like, fuck that. I'm not watching it. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what everybody's saying. I think it was funny though. Hold on. Let me jump in real quick. I think it's funny. I'm talking about this with coworkers and coworkers, you know, black folks tend to always jump to the go get somebody else. Why is it always black people to go get somebody else, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that, but we're talking about this right now, mm-hmm. right? Let's not jump. I mean, we all know the the system is a little little janky or mm-hmm. more than janky, but yeah. let's, let's just stay focused on what's going on. And mm-hmm. also, like, I'm having a conversation with a coworker, and I'm like, I was admitting to it that, like, yeah, I always kind of felt something was going on just because the behavior mm-hmm. was very weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have kids. Mm-hmm. So you can say without a reasonable doubt that everybody is lying. Would you let your kids go right. sleep in Neverland? Oh, hell right. no. Right. Well, then you're doing some type of compartmentalization. Like, yeah, I will say. Because you just reminded me of a point. I think, too, why after watching the Oprah thing, I started to just be like, oh, my God. It's because a lot of the men in the audience that were coming out saying that they got abused before, uh-huh. first time they got abused, they were, like, 15. Like, they, they weren't all little kids. Yeah. And, of course, a lot of them, especially, I think, I think boys and men are more, you know, prone to be quiet about things like that than girls and women. Very true. Um, especially if it's by a man that they got abused. So I'm just like paranoid for my son. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that with the whole grooming aspect thing is because pretty much they make they make these kids and teenagers fall in love with them or they hold some sort of power over them. Like one guy said that the neighborhood cop ended up abusing him. You know, he's like, he got a gun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he has power. So I felt helpless. So 
that just makes me worry about, you know, my own kid. Um, just how, cause you know, like I said, like you always think child abuse, you always have it in your head that it's like this struggle and it's this, you know, thing where they're getting hurt. You don't ever think about the slick side, Yeah, how yeah. they lure them with gifts and, you know, get real loving towards them. And they play like, Oh, I'm like a father figure or whatever, whatever. The next thing you know, you got them in this compromising position and you mm. put the fear in them that if they tell anyone, you know, they're going to be looked at a certain way. So that just made me, you know, like a little shook. Like, oh, yeah. And how, like, uh, he was saying how, well, I think it was both of them said how, like, Michael would say, uh, if anybody finds out about this, we're both going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's because the guy safe checks that he still feels like he let Michael down at the end of the Oprah thing. He said, as right, like, even right now, he's like, I feel like I'm letting Michael down by doing this. Yeah. And, you know, so, but, um, uh, what were you talking about reactions? Yeah, just reactions of people. Yeah, around. so but the people that I saw online, I've read a lot of comments and stuff. People I saw online that actually watched it kind of sounded like how we sound. Like fuck, I don't know, might be something to this. Like yeah. anybody I talked to that has actually watched it can't fully defend Michael on it because it's tough after watching that, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, you did a little more, a little more research than I did leading up to this well i've just been trying to find i've just i mean you know youtube is good for all the conspiracy <laughs> videos and stuff not for so long I just, apparently i mean i know dicks but anyway i've just been like clicking on different things and hearing different ideas um because that documentary was so you know it's very one-sided it's hard after watching that to not be on their side yeah yeah you know whether it's truth or brainwashing it's really hard watching that and not be like Mmm, nigga. I don't know, man. Yeah, right. I don't know, nigga. He he to the wind with that. But oh yeah, remember like during the docu, they were saying like they used to get all these faxes and shit from Mike. Yeah, and they were showing the faxes. I don't even. I mean, there's no proof that those were his either. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of like. There's Stuff no like ev- that. There's no there evidence. No evidence. There's that no he evidence. Wrote those. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, like for one thing, I saw which I didn't even know about was that Harvey Weinstein's case started this past week. Right. I had no idea until you told me. Right. I had no idea about it either. And I saw somebody posted about it. So they were like, you know, and that's Oprah's longtime friend. So isn't it real funny that she's involved with this whole Michael thing and they've been trying to push to make it a thing all week. And it didn't really, I mean, the Michael thing has been a thing, but nobody watched it. Yeah. But at the same time, nobody really knows that Harvey Weinstein is going uh, to trial starting this week so that was kind of like mm. so then that got me to thinking you know how the whole gail king and r kelly interview came out yeah. this week and which seemed like a super duper rush job there was like no and for that to be like it's like his first interview since yeah. all this shit happened you would seem it would seem like it'd be like a prime time more big you know to get their ratings and all that type of stuff like there was no really promotion for it and it seemed very rushed and thrown together. And it aired at like mm-hmm. seven in the morning. Like who the fuck on a weekday? Like who's watching that? It was weird, I thought. But I th- I think it's weird that Gail King and Oprah are besties. And they're both interviewing these two black men that are, you know, having these charges put against them and that people are saying that it's a conspiracy, you know, trying to take down the black man and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was weird that well, not these black two men. best 
Oprah's interviewing Wade and and safe. No, Chuck I'm saying the whole conspiracy to take down the black yeah, man. You know, how people yeah. are saying that like y'all yeah. trying to get Michael and Arca. I meant that. So I thought it was weird that them two were the people involved in this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, that's really weird. But um, what else? Um, but yeah, like I was saying too, like I was also trying to find info on people bashing Safe Chuck which is the other accuser. Mm. And I can't really come across nothing. Um, not yet, at least. I mean, it's all centered around Wade. I think he's the bigger public but he, figure. I know he's bigger, but still, there should be something. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, what I found, too... Oh, I forgot this part. I knew that... That's why I was um, hesitant. I knew I forgot to say something. So one of the points I brought up to you, too, was... With the whole thing with Michael being accused, like, if this... If Michael was a big black guy... Like, yeah. like, look, look like a big black man. Yeah. Like, I feel like it would have been a whole different thing. It's just like, Michael looks non-human. Yeah, and like, very <laughs> dainty. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah. yeah, so I think, too, that's just why a lot of times you just like, it's kind of like when you look at a disabled person, or if you're around disabled people, and you do, you kind of just always give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, they're not going to do nothing. Yeah. Oh, they're not yeah. capable of doing anything. You know, I'll just feel sorry for them. Michael, in a sense was in this the, the category of being something else not yeah, normal the 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 narrative of him not having a childhood mm-hmm. and then building this whole never never land filled mm-hmm. with all this fun for kids like you kind of sympathize with mike mm-hmm. you sympathize story, yeah. yeah so turns out because you know well I'm, maybe you guys don't know him stop saying you know so michael's nephew has been very vocal lately about, you know, HBO. I feel like there's always a new Jackson. Ah! (laughs) Well, they had, they actually had a reality show like a year or two ago. Yeah, him and his brothers. Yeah, I don't care care to watch that shit. You know, I was watching that shit. I was all up in the tea. What's that? But, um, (laughs) so pretty much it comes out that Brandy Jackson, which I don't know which brother's kid this is, but it was Michael's niece. And he has photos of her back in the day and stuff like that. Apparently, she dated Wade Robson for seven years, I believe. Uh-huh. So there's no mention of that in the documentary. And that seems pretty important. Yeah, there's no Not mention of that. Not to say that just because he was dating her that Michael couldn't have done anything. But it seems like some pretty vital information, you know, to just be leaving out. Mm-hmm. So from what she's saying, because she's been a little vocal lately in the midst of this uh, documentary coming out pretty much labeled him as a clout chaser and said that he said before, you know, oh, if I do this, I'll be relevant and things like that. And pretty much that whole, like, scandal with Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, like, mm-hmm. the whole Crimea River shit, pretty much from what I'm seeing, Britney cheated on Justin with Ray- Wade Robson. And Wade was still with Brandy Jackson at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's all scandal with that. And like in the documentary, Wade brought up Brittany, which was kind of random. And he said that like Michael was like obsessed with her. And that was like kind of like, what? But yeah, yeah. Nigga, you ain't say, oh, you ain't say, uh, you ain't say you cheated. You with... ain't say that you was up in them cheeks chat. Yeah. But uh... <laughs> so just to put it in, put just to play devil's advocate, you uh-huh. know, you have an ex who was cheated on by Wade Robinson coming out and saying that he's the clout chaser, this, that, and the third. So, mm-hmm. just to play devil's advocate, we all know people who get their feelings hurt will say mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. it is interesting that they left that out of the documentary. Right. 
So that yeah, that got left out, and then you know, um, dang it, there's something else going on with his finance, his finances. Yeah, because uh, he's, he's been he really hasn't been in the spotlight, like not like that, not like how he used to be. Mm-hmm. So there was something that came out about his finances. So they were kind of alluding to that to why he filed that initial case in 2013, mm-hmm. and then that didn't go through. And he also tried to. Uh, sue two different production companies under Michael Jackson's name for uh, I don't know what it was for but it ended up showing that those production companies had nothing to do with what he was doing because mm. I think it was like Pepsi or something sponsored it or maybe that was Safe Chuck's thing because Safe Chuck was in that Pepsi commercial I don't know I can't keep track of all this shit anyway you know, he tried to get money for that. That didn't work out. Then all of a sudden now the docu's coming out. And yeah. even though they're saying they're not getting any money for it, you're still going to end up getting promotion and leading mm-hmm. up to different things. If But there's no proof either that they're not getting paid. So there's no proof of that. Yeah. I think um, if I'm playing, if I'm, if I'm going into conspiracy theory bag. I find it hard bag, to believe. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going into conspiracy theory bag, um, mm-hmm. the motivation of money and the climate of just just the social world now is you don't really have to have evidence mm-hmm. you just have to be convincing it's not about the truth it's about uh-huh. how you can convey your truth mm-hmm. so coming out now would be a little more beneficial than in the past if you were playing conspiracy theory bag would be beneficial more now because it's the court of public opinion and not necessarily that absolute right. truth you once the allegations come out it's that you know you just have to mm-hmm. have to do a good job at selling it mm-hmm. so i wanted to look into because i never really read about the previous cases uh-huh. with michael and it like you know in its entirety or really ever researched it so i was like let me read about these just to see you know what happened in the past exactly like I said, we were so young when it happened, so we don't really know. Uh, so with the first case with the boy Jordy, um, pretty much his dad was a like, uh, like a LA like kind of like celebrity dentist or just a high profile dentist, and he was also a screenwriter. So he wrote uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. That, that like, used to be my shit. I never watched that movie, but I totally remember it. He wrote that. <laughs> he wrote that. And, um, like, Michael had previously met the little boy somewhere. I don't remember where they said. It was somebody where it's super random. Like, I don't want to say a restaurant or some shit, but it's something really random. And then, like, Michael's car ended up breaking down or something, and he used his his dad, I guess, was a part of some sort of car rental or something uh-huh. agency. And they Michael ended up going there to get a car. Then he was like, oh, my son loves you. And they called to bring the kid down, introduced to Michael, and that's how their relationship began. So the dad's name was Evan Chandler. So um, pretty much his dad was doing dental surgery on his son, and he used an illegal um, chemical or whatever you want to call it to put him underneath so he wouldn't feel the pain but whatever he used was like not something you should be using for that i can't remember the name of it but whatever this chemical is it causes people to like hallucinate Mm -hmm. and say just like random shit so that came out too in court and he was kind of just like i just gave him a little bit it's like you're not supposed to use that for that so he said that's when the boy first made the uh you know said that michael did something to him 
Mm-hmm. But also it said that Evan Chandler, just the dad, also was behind in child support $65,000. And he was looking for a come up. He said, oh, I can work this, you know what I'm saying, with Michael. Uh-huh. I don't remember where they got this information from. I'm just saying what I remember watching all these different documentaries. So, um, and he wanted to try to get custody from his wife. So if he could prove that, you know, Michael was touching his kid or he say that he'd also, in the meantime, he'd get money and be able to remove custody from his ex-wife. So that was his plan. Okay. So while all this was going on, like him and Michael were going back and forth, kind of like, oh, Michael's like, uh, you know, he asked for a certain amount. Michael's like, no, like, I'll give you a million. They're going back and forth, like 350000 They're going back and forth, back and forth. So then eventually, I guess Evan wasn't satisfied. So he ended up like taking it to the cops. Okay. So then that's how a court case started to build around it. So Michael, this is when Michael was doing like the dangerous tour. So he wasn't that old. He's maybe in his thirties, I guess mm-hmm. when all this was happening. So like, yeah, it was 93. So Michael became like super ill during that time just because of like all the stress and stuff like that. And he was like trying to tour. Apparently he had like, he saw the Pepsi deal at this time that ended up getting dropped after all this mess. Um, I don't know if you guys ever seen the Michael Jackson ghost thing, but he did that for the Adams Family Values when that movie came out back in the day. They ended up dropping him from that, but he just still used it for his own personal thing. Um, there's a few other things. Like, he didn't end up finishing the tour, like, because he got so sick. Um, so they ended up settling out of court pretty much because it was just like this nigga was like with the flu dying. <laughs> and they ended up just settling out of court. But the uh, the the DA that was for that case was also the same DA in the 2005 case. And they Mm. were trying to get it. So it couldn't be the same person, but there was something that didn't forbid that pretty much. So the guy came back because he was mad that it never went to court in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Tom Snedden, he was kind of pissed that it never went to court. So it was like kind of 2005 was kind of like, all right, bitch, we're going to get you now. So they settled out of court. I think the boy got like 15 million. That was in a trust fund. The parents each got like 1.5 and the lawyer got 5 million. So Jordy's dad, Evan tried to sue Michael again after this happened later in like 1996 because Michael released his history album and he was sneak dissing on that album. I never knew back then. What? Yeah. Like he had a song about Tom Snedden, but he called him Don Sheldon. Yeah, that song DS. It's about that that DA basically saying like he had, like nigga fuck you. Oh, um, I gotta go yeah, back and listen. Yeah, I know now. I gotta go back and listen now. But pretty much they all made an agreement to not talk about it. Uh-huh. So Evan Chandler was pretty much trying to sue Michael, saying that you're talking he about it. Was, yeah, saying he was talking about it, but that got thrown out. Um, but Evan Chandler, the dad, he had a lot of plastic surgeries over the years. I remember hearing about this before, but I forgot to like to change identity because all the Jackson fans were like coming for him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So he had multiple plastic surgeries to change how he looked. And then the boy ended up legally emancipating himself from both of his parents. Mm. So that's kind of fishy too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, did did he feel like he got used? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he ever even felt like the allegations were true because it never went to trial. So it's not like the boy ever testified. He never did. And in 2005, he left the country because by this time he's like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. He left the country so he wouldn't have to testify in the 2005 one. So we've never really heard what this little boy said, really. But no, I, I take it back because that's when in 93, the first one, that's when they made Michael do that strip search. 
or a strip, strip, whatever. Um, they made him strip down to get pictures taken of himself. Yeah. And they said that the little boy described his penis accurately. Yeah. So that's I a little that. side eye. Cause I, I describe a dick like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but oh. anyway, you just put, um, you just put, but, put a, a dick line up in front of him. Chad, that's the dick. That's the one. But then it turns out that Evan Chandler, which is Jordy's dad, killed himself four years after, no, four months after Michael died. He killed himself mm-hmm. in Jersey City. So I thought that was a little, mm. so it's like. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. And then, yeah, the most recent one, the 2005 one, it was the same boy that was featured in the Martin Bashir documentary. He was the one that was calling the allegations against Michael. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, you know, certain celebrities came on saying that the family was asking them for money. Um, and there's a lot of people testifying saying that the kids were just like super unruly and bratty and just like out of pocket at Neverland, just yeah. like super rude. I, and, I also think uh, we didn't talk about this, but uh, the show mom aspect of this. Right, right, right. The show mom aspect of this. And we all know how those show moms get. Yeah, putting their kids in these positions. Yeah. Or just parents in general, because the dads, too, you know, using their kids to make a come up. But um, pretty much that, invest, that one fell through because there was just, like, the mom had too many inconsistencies, I guess. Um, and the mom admitted to lying under oath. I think the mom really fucked it up honestly yeah because <laughs> it's like the kids are testifying and the mom just got on the stand for like five days straight i think they said every single day she was like a new person she wasn't consistent in her story mm. so they pretty much had to you know they couldn't really they couldn't really use her testimony validate anything yeah so that's why that one ended up getting thrown out and then after that michael pretty much left the country and was seen all over the place you know with his kids and mass and shit like that yeah. up until his death so it's a lot it's a, it's a whole lot it's a lot <laughs> um i i don't have no i don't have any uh conclusions for this i don't uh, think we're gonna get a conclusion for it but yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people are feel like there's enough evidence in quotes mm-hmm. to make a judgment call on this mm-hmm. um i do think it's important to the, the conversation is important I think Oprah said this bigger than Michael Jackson. Just abuse mm-hmm. isn't important. It just mm-hmm. it's just a little weird after he's dead to have this be the conversation starter mm-hmm. for that. And then with all the things that we could recap in this episode, how you don't really get a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Um, abuse is a very serious thing, and you know we might giggle or, or laugh, but yeah. You know, we do take it very serious, and as should everybody else. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm just, I just want to, right now, I'm just going to set it on the far back shelf. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like you said, it's hard to make it come to a conclusion. It's only been a week. So, like I said with the R. Kelly shit, like, I'm just waiting to see what happens mm-hmm. more so. Um, I mean, the only thing really that can happen at this point uh, is that one of the accusers will have to say that they're lying. You know what I mean? At this point, for it to fully be like for sure, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, like you said, Michael's dead, and it's hard to really know. So, I'm not. I, I can't be on. I'm. I'm kind of in the middle 
right now. Like I can't really vouch for Mike because there's too many things that just don't make sense. But at the same time, I can't fully be on the accuser side yet, but I'm, I think I'm like 60, 40, 60, 40 on the accusers, 60 on the accuser. Yeah. I'm a little more on the accuser side. Cause I'm just like, yeah, it's odd because when, after I finished watching it, I was like a hundred percent fuck Michael. And then I've had, yeah. like I've started to wind back a little bit after researching more, but I just, I just want to not think about it and kind of just, cause it's not like Michael isn't a part of my everyday life anymore. Anyway, I'm like, I'm not like, I still a huge fan, but I'm not like a super fan where I'm thinking about Michael every day anyway. Yeah. So as of right now, I'm just going to put it on the back shelf and just let it rest there. I'm not going to be like jamming out to Michael or anything all crazy, but I wasn't even listening to his music before like that. So I'm just going to continue to live on with my life and wait and see what else comes out. Yeah, I just, I don't think we're going to get anything. Because at this point, it's just story against story. You know, mm-hmm. they had uh, Michael Jackson's family, like, uh, you know, it's his, his nephew, his brothers, they're speaking to them. And it's like, yeah, they weren't even in the room. Yeah. Like, they weren't around. Weren't even at the house. Yeah, so it's their story saying, I know my brother. And then it's, it's Wade Robinson and Jimmy, mm-hmm. Jimmy Safechuck. Just saying, recounting their stories. So we're just not going to get an answer on this, but I, I would play with people just to. You can't. I don't know how there's any enough information to come to a conclusion. So I don't know how anybody's speaking in so much certainty. And I hope we did a good job on this podcast with just kind of just presenting information. Yeah, just That's for you people. It. Most of you guys probably didn't watch it. So. Yeah. I said that all shady. <laughs> <laughs> I probably ain't watch it, so I'm just cracking up at all the people who are just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm like, at least watch it. Yeah. At least watch it. Just like with the R. Kelly one. At least watch it Please. before you have a such a strong opinion. But whatever. That's our society. Yeah. It's the court of public to- opinion, yo. Once somebody says something out loud for the internet to grab a hold of, internet. It's, it's a wrap. The internet. It's because of the, the internet. internet. That leads back to our activist episode. Yeah, go check that out. I don't know what episode that is, but yeah, definitely check that out. Activist. Eight, I think, something like that. Was it eight? But yeah, just, uh, you know, people with with limited information presenting their thoughts as fact on the internet. No research, just full opinions. Yeah. Please just take time. Take time to come to your own conclusions yeah i mean it's okay if you want to say something but i've been people that just be like fighting like no no you're wrong yeah right you're wrong (laughs) activist was episode four by the way oh shoot i was way off yeah way off that was episode four yeah episode four okay um but But, uh, i'm I'm so glad this is done i've been so anxious about talking about this all week (laughs) but that was before i did more research yeah I mean, I was kind of excited to talk about it. I'm I just, wasn't. Again, I'm just happy that we weren't forced to talk about it any sooner. And a week still oh, isn't God. enough. A week still yeah. isn't enough. But I'm happy we mm-hmm. pushed record at right after the over <laughs> shit. Because you probably yeah. would get a you would get a totally different type of episode. Yeah, you definitely would have. It'd been very extreme and yeah. one sided. Very, very um, much. Because I felt bad, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, there is no proof. But I was just like, oh, fuck, man, this doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, and then when 
you're, you're hearing them talk about the actual physical stuff that happens. Yeah. Like, it just makes mm-hmm. you uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Very, very. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right. I think this wraps up this week's episode. I hope this wasn't draining. I hope uh, this motivates y'all to go out and do your own research. Or at I least hope. you just feel like you have a little more clarification if you can't bring yourself to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I hope we did a tasteful job on this. There's a few untasteful moments. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we kept it, you know, interesting yeah. for y'all. Um again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. This is Britain Zay. We love y'all. Um keep listening, share, like. It goes a very long way. Put your peoples on, tell a friend to tell a friend. <laughs> um I gotta ask you one last question before we dip. Oh gosh. What? So can you can you listen to the Jackson Five or what? Oh, I know, right? I know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I I would say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay away from it though. Yeah, it's just a little cycle. I feel like my little shuffle, the shuffle all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, y'all. Uh, take care till next week. Yes. All right. Peace. Peace.